0: I'm going to qualify what I'm about to say, so bear with me. If you want to say amen, feel free. Amen. The way we learned to reset. Or the other one, if you remember the other one. Glory. The you think I ask, don't get too excited, jump up and try to swing on the ceiling fans. But other than that... Um. I pray that God will touch your heart this morning. We're in Psalm 127. Um, And we'll start by reading our text. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city... The watchman keeps awake awake in vain or stays alert in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors or toils. For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Beloved, children are a gift or heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the room is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. How blessed or how happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Heavenly Father, speak to us through your written word. Help us to listen with an open mind and an open heart this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Family flight plan. Now, before we go into the text and kind of dissect it apart, I want to say this up front. No matter what your experience has been, be either through a broken home or not. A good home or family life. do not let your past oops, past experiences or what you're currently experiencing uh, tune out this message, all right? God's word has eternal truth, general principles, this eternal truth to help us live our lives. And as you look through the Bible as a whole, you will find God in His grace reaching down to people in some of the most, up, most messed up families you can think of. Look at the Old Testament. Look at the family situation. But yet God's grace reaches to people where they are. There is no perfect family, but we can all grow in faithfulness and intentional mission within the families we have been given. Now, also I want to encourage you, that word family don't only think of your immediate family, but think as family more broader. We are a church. Thank you. And what ties us together, if you're a believer in Christ, I'm. what ties us together is stronger than any biological connection I can have. Because what ties us together is the precious blood of Christ. Let me me repeat that again. The, The thing that ties us together is stronger and more valuable than anything in this world because what ties us together as brother or sister in Christ is the precious blood of Christ. And that puts us all together. What binds us together? Some people say, oh, family is what it's all about, but... That is not true. And what I mean by that is when a family starts to turn inward, that's when problems begin. We are The family is God's gift to us to go out and take the gospel with us. But the minute we turn inward and not focus outward, things start to fall apart. Genesis chapter 27 is a perfect example. That's the family of Isaac, Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau. What happened to mom and dad? Mom and dad started playing favorites a little bit. There's some deceiving going on and mom encourages this to happen. And this, this happens just one generation away from the great promise that God made to Abraham that through him, all the blessing, all the nations would be blessed. But yet, because this family turns inward and messes things up, God still works. And by the way, let me encourage you, when you read the Old Testament, and you see God's promise, and you see things start to happen, read it with with a question in mind. How is God going to fulfill His word and His promise in spite of all this was going on? Because there are some messed up situations that you read about in the Old Testament, which, by the way, I believe the Bible to be God's word, perfect, without any error, With that stated, if I was going to make up a book and a story to influence people, I don't know if I would include some of the stuff that I find in the Bible. It is raw. It really speaks to the human condition. And a lot of times we think, well, we're in the 21st century, more educated. And we know about the weather and all these other things. Well, here in Texas, you could say, I don't know if the weathermen really know about the weather. But with that said, we still deal with the same human condition. Greed, jealousy, anger. They still influence us today just like they did back in ancient times. The danger is very real when a family turns inward, be it an intermediate family or a church family. And it's documented in social science When parents no longer see their children as individuals, but rather see them as extension of themselves. You, you see this played out. You have lawnmower parents that just like to clear the weeds for their kids, you know, take care of them. Don't let, and now you have helicopter parents, they call them, that like to float over their kids taking care of everything because they don't see their children as individuals they need to raise up and equip. Descend out into the world, they see them rather as extensions of themselves. And sometimes parents try to relive their childhood through their children. Got to be careful. Children are a gift. And they are individuals that we need to train up. And I've already told you about this, but God's promise to Abraham was his descendants were going to be blessing to the nations. It was an outward focused promise. See, families exist for God's sake and for the kingdom's sake. Look what it says in our verse there in the middle. Behold, by the way, that's interjection grabbing your attention. Behold, children are a gift or a heritage of the Lord. Children are not our achievement, but his gift. And if you look at this psalm as a whole, and this is Hebrew poetry, by the way. And so if you look at the beginning part, Of that psalm, it says, Unless the Lord builds it, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen watch in vain. And now he starts off with children. He is making a point here. Just as a completed house or a guarded city are a gift of the Lord, unless the Lord builds it, so are children. And here's the thing he's driving at. Without the Lord, we can't really produce a family as intended. We need the Lord in the middle of our family. If we go off and we have children and we start a family without God, we have the potential of having individuals who are doing their own thing and it can lead to a lot of disagreement, a lot of jealousy, and a lot of problems. A group of individuals that argue and rebel against God and each other. However, if we understand that children are the heritage of the Lord that they're actually what we inherit from Him, then we'll consider numerous children a special blessing as they did back then. So let me rephrase that. I cannot have a family as God intended unless I have them right in the middle of it doing what He has commanded me to do to build that family. If I stray from that, I'm going to have problems. That's what we have inherited here in the United States. The family is not being destroyed. The family has been destroyed. And as you look at the psalm as a whole, it tells us that church, community, and nation, as the family goes, so does the church, community, and the nation. The family is a building block. It's a building block. Look what he says. the Numerous children. If you... If you take them as a special blessing, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Children of one's youth, those children are born when you're young. And as you grow old, your children, you're going to be blessed now because your children are going to be there to defend you in your old age. So you will not be taken advantage of or, or people try to do harm to you. Now, we just had a day back not long ago called the Sanctity of Human Life. In fact, we had our president march with that group, pro-life group, which, by the way, I think is the only president that's done so. But that being said, we focus a lot on the abortion issue, which we should, all right? But the other side of it that you don't hear reported very much is the abuse of the elderly in our society. The numbers are staggering, and any report you come to will tell you it's probably ten times worse because the people who are abused can't speak for themselves or no family comes around. Why am I saying this? Because the family, my responsibility is to take care of my parents when they get older. To make sure they're taken care of, not just to go off and abandon them. He says, how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. You know a quiver is? It's the thing on the back that the archer would have, and he have all his arrows in there. And so as my daughters have grown like that arrow, I shoot them out, raising them in the ways of the Lord, knowing they're going to shoot straight and true, and I send them out into the world. I send them out with the gospel. I send them out with the rays of God and knowing the knowledge of God so they can make a difference in this world, knowing that they will fly straight And true. They're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Not be ashamed. If an archer goes into battle and never fires one arrow, then he hasn't done his job. My job as a father to my children are to shoot them out. Raise them up. In the ways of the Lord and then shoot them out knowing they fly straight and true. Now, I'm talking about my intermediate family. About how, let's go a little broader with our church family. As these children come in, I need to train them up in the ways of the Lord. This might be the only place they hear it. We didn't take that responsibility seriously that God is bringing us in young lives. You know, the greatest natural resource of any country is children. You will make a difference in the country. Start with the children. And raise them up. And they will make a difference. So our job as parents is, is to raise them up in God's knowledge. Prepare ourselves one day to release them into the world, which I found is a lot harder, a lot harder to do than said. It's hard as a parent to let go of your kids. Really wasn't hard for y'all. to say, get on out. I don't want to see you again. I mean I was glad to see them go out on their own, but it's still as a parent I think I worry more now than I did when they were little kids. But I'm all I'm to equip them and release them out into the world, knowing that they will fly straight and true. That's a beautiful image of family the way God intended. A family that has purpose is that word focused, recognizes the necessity of both raising children with a purpose, then at their appropriate time, letting them go so they can fly. When do, us, as, when do we as Christians start to pull back from certain occupations and fields? You, you, you may surprise you. what I'm about to say. Why is Hollywood the way it is? Because the Christian writtenness dwindled over the years. If we have a child among us who's talented in media and film production and has a solid faith in Christ, why not use that medium to put out the gospel? Years ago, there was an actor who put out the passion of the Christ, Bill Gibson, and he showed there is an audience for it. Now there's more movies being made with a Christian witness, but we need to step into those fields. We need to encourage people, the young people, to step on out there. Take your faith with you. Your faith doesn't stop when you walk out the door. It's not a mindless faith. Study, show yourself to approve and go out there and make a difference. And look what he says in the psalm. When you do that, they will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gate. Now, the city gates in ancient times is where they would settle uh, legal disputes and justice was dispensed. And he's saying when you're challenged by your enemies there, you won't be ashamed because of your children will rise up around you. It's interesting that as I looked at the psalm, I thought about our coming series of Ezra. When they come back from exile in the book of Ezra and they start rebuilding the temple and they they lay the foundation and all the surrounding nations come to them and say, hey, let us help you in building this temple. And they said, no, you have nothing in common with us. We'll do it ourselves. And the text tells us in the book of Ezra that now they have enemies rising up, trying to persuade them for building and raise up counselors to stop them from building the temple. In other words, they have these enemies that rise up. Right through the beginning of the book. And the author of the psalm here is telling us that when you have your children and raise them the way you should, they will come around you and protect you. You know, Solomon had built that first temple. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit for a second. Solomon had built that, that first temple and they brought the Ark of the Covenant in. And the text tells us David leaped and danced before the Lord. Man, a great celebration. God's there with his people. Well, years later, the country had its problems. Israel was divided. Then the northern kingdom was taken off captivity in the southern kingdom. And the temple was destroyed. Now, when this song was written that people are coming back and they're rebuilding that temple. And it tells us in the book of Ezra, when they when they poured the foundation, there was a lot of noise being made. There was people there from the exile who saw the first temple destroyed. What would you feel like if you came here and someone burned this church building down to the ground? Now, I understand there's nothing holy about this place. How would you feel? Would that be a sadness for you? Would it just tear your heart out? But now they're back. And the foundations being poured. You have the people who saw the first temple destroyed. They were crying. They said, oh man, it's it's being built again. Then you had people who were shouting and praising God. And it said they made such a noise you couldn't distinguish who was crying. And who was shouting and praising God. And it was heard throughout the land. And I thought... When's the last time Forrestburg hear us raise our voices and praise the God? When's the last time our community saw us stand up and shout to Him? When you do that, you will have enemies such as this psalm and the book of Ezra talk about. You have those who reject the significance of Christian marriage, those who regard sex as merely an individual pleasure. And those who guard children is nothing more than just get out of my way. I'm going to get rid of you as soon as possible. Just toss them away when they don't want them. That's not the original intent. If you look at our young people today as they go into college, there's more and more courses being offered about self-esteem and self-worth and self-purpose. Why is that? Because when you teach a kid in elementary school, they're not created. They come from some cosmic goo over here, and you just hear by chance, you rob them of value, of meaning and purpose. Rather than tell them, no, when you were in your mother's room, God knitted you together with a reason for a purpose. He was there. And you are here for a reason. You're not an accident. God doesn't make junk. He created you. It's no wonder why we have generations looking for self-esteem and self-value because some of them have never heard or, saw or lived out in front of them there is a God and that all people are created in his image. That's where you got to begin. That's where we got to begin. So how do we maintain an outward-focused family, especially when we find ourselves living in an inward-focused culture? First off, family devotions. Take time out, either in the morning, even wherever it works, and sit down with your spouse, with your children, whoever, and have those family devotions. If your spouse has gone on to be with the Lord and your children are home, then use your church family to come together. And some of you do that already, to have those family devotions. That's so important because a family that prays together, who studies the Word together on a regular basis, a family who discusses what God is doing in their midst, that family is one that does not work in vain. And this for that to our church family. When we take time out to have devotions, and we have take time out to meet together outside our worship and talk to one another what God is doing and encouraging each other, breaking open His Word, we are not laboring in vain. The hard days, the long nights, the tears, the struggles, that cost will never be in vain when we see what God is doing. And by the way, I I look at the Apostle Paul. In the eye of the world, as the world sees it, what's the worst thing that can happen to you, according to the world? You physically die. I don't want that time to come. I, I like to hang out here a while, too. Don't misunderstand me. But as a believer, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. That's just the crossing over. That's just the beginning of seeing... My Lord and Savior, my faith becomes my sight. That day when you release those arrows, they will fly straight and true. So set aside time to read scripture and discuss it. Sing songs of praise. I hope you have worship outside this place. You ever been, you ever had a worship song on or maybe a good Christian song you just start singing and you're not paying attention at a red light and people look at you like you're nuts? Try that in a convertible one time. And, you know, at one point I I turned it down. I'm thinking, what am I so ashamed about? Why not be? Why, why not just praise God right there? Who cares what they think? Who cares what they think? But I want to encourage you to take that time and do it. Because the habit of a family doing this will have tremendous impact upon the spiritual life of that family. It has tremendous impact as a church family. This thing is applicable across the whole spectrum of your life. And the next thing I would tell you is to develop a family mission statement. What is God calling your family to do? And if you have children who, understand, who are old enough to understand this, include them because the more impact they have, the more they take ownership of it. We have a vision statement here at Forrestburg. Anybody know what it is? Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> what is our logo? What is our motto? Living by faith, known by love. Simple statement. That is our vision. And how we, how we carry out that vision, that's our mission. And we, we identify that in different areas. But that can also relate to your, your family at home. Why does your family exist? What is God calling you to do specifically? Because just like you have different gifts that you can use here within the church family, you have gifts that you can use among your family as well. It's our, I want to say this, please understand my heart. It's not Rashonda's job or any youth director's job to train my child in the ways of the Lord. She is to reinforce what I'm teaching at home. The same thing with the public education system. It's not the public education system, the teacher to teach my kids morals. They are to back up what I'm teaching at home. In fact, I'm going to sound like an old fuddy-duddy when I say this. When I was a kid, if I got in trouble at school, I'd tell the principal, I don't care what you do to me, just don't call my dad. Because I knew I had double jeopardy waiting for me. Or I went to a friend's house. It was understood. If I get a whipping at my friend's house for misbehaving, guess what happens when I get home. Get another one. But it starts at the home. Now, we have, our homes are so disarrayed now. We have a lot of things going on. Our mission as a church is to reach into those homes and help them. Not condemn them, but to help them to be what, oh, they can be the way God intended to be. When you look at our social structure and what's happening in America with our families, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. And God has given us avenues where we can speak that truth into their lives to be about healing and restoration. That's what he did for me. Did he not heal you? Did he not restore you back into his family where you belong? Then he can do it anywhere. I don't care where you're at. God wants to bring that healing and restoration to your life, but you have to want it and you have to seek it. And this is why this is called a family flight plan. Before, if you, before you even step foot on that aircraft, and before the, the, the plane is pushed back, before it takes off, that pilot has a flight plan that's approved by the FAA. He's punching it in the computer. Because now. They have a vision of where they're going. And when you're up five, when you're up about 10, well, let's say 25,000 feet doing 500 miles an hour, that's not when the time goes, gee, where are we going? You can't stop and ask for directions. You got that, that, that flight plan. That's true. You have to have a plan. So have that plan in mind for your, for your immediate family, but also have, we need to have a plan in mind for our church family. That's the reason the title of this message is family. Flight plan. To have that. There's an article written by Bruce Feeler in The Atlantic. It's a magazine. This was published in February 25th of 2013. He says, want to give your family value and purpose, write a mission statement. This is what he says. Quote, the goal is to create a clear, compelling vision of what you and your family are all about. Good families, even great families, are off track 90% of the time. What makes them good is they have a clear destination in mind and they have a flight plan to get there. As a result, when they face the inevitable turbulence and in human error, they keep coming back to their plan. That is applicable to every aspect of our lives. Okay, Tammy, Brooke, Allison, and Madeline, this is our plan according to God. This is what we're going to do. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall. We're going to have all sorts of problems. But this is the plan that we have from God. Forrestburg Baptist Church, this is our plan as given to God. This is our mission. This is our vision. It's what God's given us. Are we going to have problems? Yes. Is it going to be turbulence? Of course. But we can keep pressing on through all those times because we have our eyes fixed on the goal and the destination and how to get there. soon because you don't lose hope. There are times when you are want to throw in the towel and say, no, I can't do this no more. And my encouragement is to you to look up and think about the goal in mind. What are we trying to do? We're trying to win people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so they spend eternity in heaven. That's the goal, right? So we have times of trouble. Keep that goal in mind. Keep pressing on. Don't give up. If you want your family, church family, or any group you're a part of, your friends to be focused, you will need to have a vision of how to get there. And this will help cultivate a spiritual vision for your family in 2020. To have that flight plan. It doesn't happen by accident. A lot of times that means taking bad habits out and putting good habits in. It's great to quit bad habits and get them out of your life. But if you do not replace them with good habits, guess what happens? Those bad habits come right back. And let's not be mistaken. Dearly beloved, we have an enemy. Who's more powerful than you and I. Who has one goal in mind. And that's to destroy you and your family and everybody who knows you. And he doesn't care how he does it. He'll do anything and everything in his power to destroy you. To trip you up. To keep you off course. To put all these distractions in your face and you lose the vision. You lose the goal. That's why it tells us in the book of Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as a habit of some. But even more, as you see the day approaching, encouraging one another. It's like spoken that fire with the bellows. You know how you blow on a fire and you get it going? That's what we are to do. Encourage one another. We can't do this alone. Family problems begin when a family becomes inward-focused. You can say church problems begin when the church when the church turns inward. We must be outward focused as individuals, family, and a church body. Look what the, this psalm says to begin with. Unless the Lord builds it, you labor in vain. No matter what you are doing, unless he is in it, unless he's building it. You're unable to build a family as intended without God. Without him, there is fear, jealousy, greed, and selfishness. We are to raise children in the knowledge of the Lord, equip them, support them, then send them out in the world. That goes as my own biological children, but children that God brings here, children that God brings into my life, I am to tell them and equip them and support them and pray for them best I can and, and tell them about God and help them study so I can, God can send them out in the world to make a difference. They are, they are a responsibility, not a obligation. And like I started out with this message, this is a cle- clever little psalm. Because the health of both church and community depends in the final analysis on the family life and what's practiced within the family. That's where it all starts. Why do you think the enemy has spent so much time destroying the family? That's the building block. But he doesn't stop there, though, does he? He'll attack the church body. Try to cause divisions, gossip, backbiting, whatever you can do. He'll bring up stuff from your past. Hey, you can't do that. Remember what you did last week? Please hear my heart. When you ask for forgiveness and you repent, genuine repentance... It is far as the east is from the west. Here's one thing that is laid on my heart. Perhaps the problem is it's not that God hasn't forgiven you, maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. And that will keep you out just as easy. I don't care what you have done, where you're at now, there is forgiveness and mercy and restoration through Jesus Christ. But you. Have to want it. You have to receive that gift. It's like me saying, "Hey, I got a gift, a free gift for all of you before you go home." But if you never come up and take it, what good is it? There is a gift. That God's laying before us today. All you have to do is get up and say, "Yes, Lord, I want that. I desire that." I'm gonna end with this. There is a song's been out for quite some time. It's by a guy named Micah Taylor Tyler. The song talks about I want to be different. I'm tired of hearing. Teach me how to listen. I want to be different. Lord, come in and take less of me, and you come in, and you have complete control. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of the same old, same old. That's the cry of my heart this morning. I want to experience God. I, I don't want to just talk about him. I don't want to just tell you about him. I want to experience him for myself. I want to be like Moses be right in the face of God and never be the same because I've been in his presence. That's how worship should be. That's what it ought to be. They all of us walk out different. Not necessarily because of the message or because of the songs. It's because we've been face to face with the almighty God and we'll never, never be the same. Because when you get in the face of God, no one has to tell you who you are in relation to him. No one. What is God speaking to you about? Perhaps you've never come to a saving knowledge of Christ. You don't have that relationship. I love to tell you how I walk through. Perhaps there's things holding you back. Maybe your family experience hasn't been the great greatest You do have a Heavenly Father that loves you so intimately and so completely. Who wants to wrap his arms of healing and restoration around you. And perhaps he's calling some of you to come join this body, this church family, as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And to take that message out to our community, our state, our nation, and the world. So right now, I'm not going to ask you to stand. Just bow your head and close your eyes. Think about that psalm. Unless the Lord builds it, we labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards it, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Children are the heritage or the gift of God. What is God speaking to you about this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your written word. We thank you for the greatest gift ever given, your son Jesus Christ. Father, I know there's people hurting. I know there's people who have pain. Father, I pray right now they will feel you. Just wrap your arms of peace and love around them. As you draw them close to your side. Help us in our family situation to be the man or woman you've called us to be. Help us as a as a church family and as in our own families to be outward focused, not inward focused. May you increase in every avenue of our lives. In order to do that, Father, we know we must decrease. Continue to move and continue to speak this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.